Thank you for listening to NSL Double Talk. Never stop learning. At Never Stop Learning, we connect you with engaging experts who join you and your friends or colleagues in conversation at a location of your choosing. With NSL Double Talk, we are bringing the Never Stop Learning model directly to you. Each podcast will feature two experts in conversation on topics that range from global affairs to wellness to arts to innovation. Sometimes the experts agree, sometimes they don't, but we will never stop learning and never stop laughing. NSL Double Talk featuring David Burka and Mary Giuliani. Their topic today is party tips and insights from entertaining veterans. David Burka is Cordon Bleu trained and has worked with some of the country's top chefs. He frequently appears on The Rachel Ray Show and Live with Kelly and has been a guest judge on shows such as Beat Bobby Flay, Top Chef Masters, and Iron Chef. David is not only a chef, but also an acclaimed actor who has appeared on Broadway, film, and TV shows such as How I Met Your Mother and American Horror Story. Mary Giuliani creates parties for the art, fashion, and entertainment sets. She has appeared on The Today Show, Good Morning America, and The Rachel Ray Show. Mary's first book, The Cocktail Party, premiered as one of Random House's most anticipated titles. We are so excited to welcome David and Mary to NSL Double Talk. Hello, David. Hi, Mary. This is so exciting. This is really exciting. We really don't know each other that well. But I have admired you from afar. And I've admired you, and I'm super... We, we sort of do the same thing yes. in a way. Yes, and um, You do it way better than I do. That's not true at all. <laughs> when I found out you were doing a book, I was like, oh, shit. I've got to compete with uh, Mary. She oh, tells so many books. No. <laughs> She's so talented. I know. My first book was The Cocktail Party, which came out in 2015. And I was like, who cares about anything I have to say or do? It's beyond. It's not just you're writing, you're writing a story. And it, I mean, the difference between your book that you have out your stories compared to your cookbook, how much more work did you do for your cookbook? The cookbook was like, like years, it felt like. Yeah, years. Because the, then you're like, okay, I wrote the content. Now I have to test the recipes. Uh-huh. Now I have to shoot this thing. Yeah. Now I have to like, it, there's so many decisions. That's why this this current book um, is all essays. It's black and white. I just sat there with a computer and how wrote. Fun. Your book was a huge inspiration for how I... Like people, you know, you go to publishers and say, what books do you like? And yours was at the top of my list always. I said, this is so easy to read and concise and the recipes are approachable and the pictures are great and you get it as opposed to a lot of them have too much content and it's too cluttered. It's too much. It's it's, too much. But I I felt like that was my inspiration. Thank you. And I think we come from a similar place because we were both, well, (laughs) you had success. I did not in theater and acting. Right. I I literally became a caterer because it was like, if you can't join him, serve him. Give me a little history about- I come from a big line of cooks. I'm Italian. So I had named after my two grandmothers, Mary and Lucille. Mary was my traditional meatball-making grandmother. And Lucille was my badass um, businesswoman. She was a piano teacher, saved all her money, and went out to Montauk in the 50s, 30s and pioneered the hotel industry in Montauk as a woman. And so I really am a glorified hostess by, from what I learned from her. Every summer I work in her hotel. Is the hotel still there? Hotel it is. Still it's still there? there. She died in 1985, but she built, a, at the from 1938, when she saved her piano lesson money and bought a piece of land for $50, 
1985, that's how she started. By 1985, she had four hotels. She owned the ferry rights from Montauk to Block Island. She was the president of the Chamber of Commerce. She was, her name was Lucille Darmain. She was just a force to be reckoned with at a time when women were not doing that. Fantastic. And I grew up, uh, I have an essay about her in the upcoming book called Free HBO because we'd stay at the hotel, I'd work at the hotel every summer and outside my room was that coveted amenity, (laughs) buzzing Free HBO. That was where I came from, but I fought that because I wanted to be an actress. And so um, I was an English major at Georgetown with Bradley Cooper, graduated and just tried to be an actress and didn't work. And I answered that just, I wasn't good. (laughs) And um, it just like to pass my time between auditions, I answered an ad in the New York Times um, for a catering company, a temp job um, on Fifth Street in East Village. And I was there, I think for a total of one month when I was like, no, wait, this is what I want to be. This is this is, you know, food and hospitality, but also theatrics. And because mm-hmm. every event and every time you open your home and produce something, you're sharing a part of who you are. You're, it's theater. It's, it's it, it, to me, it's art and theater in, in the art of entertaining. Of course. I mean, there's all the players and, and you have to learn your lines, you learn your dishes. And it, it's exactly, I, I see it that way. In fact, the, in, the preface of my book, I talk about how you get ready for the theater, how you get ready for an audition, how you get ready for a party is the same same sort of thing, oh, the same outline. You talk about you have also like your playlists, everything that goes into the ritual before they get there, which also goes along that whole line of like, you do this because you're a giver and you want people to transform when they come to your home. I think people get intimidated with with entertaining in mm-hmm. general because they feel like they can't do it. Right. The, the, the food and this and that. And I think it's nice to get it broken down where you can do it. You can do it with other people. You can delegate. You can, there's no rules. No. But but it's just, I think the, the fun and the sweetness about it is in the specifics and the how specified things can be with with your party, like mm-hmm. um, the little details. Yeah. I think that's what makes a party fun. Don't I, you feel the same totally. way? Totally. Like, people come to my house and they assume it's going to be this like grand thing because I'm a caterer. I'm not kidding. One time I was just like, I had love. I was, it was a long week in the city. We have a house up in Woodstock, New York. And I had people over who had never been over before. And they think, you know, because I'm this caterer and I do these things that it's going to be this elaborate thing. I didn't have time. My daughter was two years old at the time. I was running around. I had literally a leftover tin of pigs in a blanket. And I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're having martinis and pigs in a blanket. (laughs) And I put them on cake stands down the center of my table with like different toppings. I was like, yeah, you could, you could dip a hot dog in guacamole. That's totally cool. (laughs) But they talked about my hot dog and martini party for a while. They were like, this is so fun. So I just think simple and different. And there's so many different ways to simplify things Mm -hmm. that make people remember. But Um, it's also in, in the giving as a host or hostess. I think if you have the confidence and you say, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to uh, apologize for it, and this is this is me. Let's just have a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, the that's the ninety percent of it. Definitely, and taking out that Pinterest perfect life thing, that dream that everything has to be so great and wonderful, and because life's not as pretty as Pinterest. So your party can be pretty, but they don't have to be perfect. <laughs> I think it's nice to see a little bit of messy. Yeah, and it's nice to have people. I think. When people get to a party, some it's nice to give them a job. Yes. And that's what I talk about too. It's like oh, cool. give them something to do because people say, what's one of the first things they say? What can I do? Yeah. 
It's so like, true. Had them chop carrots. And then when you are having dinner and you're eating the carrots, you say, oh, well, isn't uh, James's carrots amazing? And, and they are a part of it and they love it. It's and so it's, true. Oh, I love that. It's, I think it's, I think we, we want these special moments. And I think- We've gone a little farther than this foolproof make ahead, everything's gotta be perfect yep. idea. I think people wanna experience this now. People oh, wanna be social. And it's so hard in this day and age to do that. Yeah. What are some of your, like, your top three tricks oh. you could for party giving? Um, what would you say? Well, I always say just in terms of, so I always try to break it down, whatever I'm doing, into like eat, drink, play. Recover. What oh, are, yes. What are we eating? It's great. What are we drinking? Because that just simplifies, like, whatever it is. So what are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we playing? And play for me is, like, using dishes or glasses or cake stands or cookie jars for different purposes. Because mm-hmm. we always—we have all these things in our house, like coffee mugs. Right. I have a, this really beautiful coffee mug collection. No one sees it but me in the morning drinking my coffee and my husband. And so now I've started serving dessert in my coffee mugs just, like— that's not like the newest thing, but I'm just saying like repurposing things right. like um, that you look at all the time. Guests come over and they're like, why are we drinking out of your cookie jar? I'm like, because I don't really make cookies. I'm not a big baker. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of fun to, I put a specialty cocktail in it and they remember those things. So that's the play. And then the recover part, because you know, it is a lot having people over. And so mm-hmm. it's either something like a tip for cleanup. I love that you have cleanup in, in there. But my number one tip for that is it's much easier to clean up with a buzz than a hangover. So always clean up that <laughs> night. <laughs> clean as you go. Clean as you go. Always. <laughs> yes. Always. Um, but what about you? Is there something like at every single one of your parties you must have or just something that you know makes your style special? I like, yeah, or- I like to have a bit of surprise. Yeah. I think there's an element of um, not only making the guest feel super special, um, but also having some sort of hidden surprise. Yeah. I, I really like having not only, you know, with the dinner, but something to do after. Yeah. Like a lot of people, you have a dinner party and they're like, and oh, like, that's all right, it. Bye. All right, bye. But I think there's some some element of, oh, do we play a game, game or can we get a friend to play their violin? Yeah. Or, or is there someone that you know that is working on a video or something yep. that we could do some sort of activity? I love which that. Which is really, really fun. Yeah, I do love that. Like, or even taking it into another room, like, you know, oh, yeah. leaving the table and just going to another room. Or, or even having dessert in another room. Yes. Or doing it like a progressive sort of thing. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, um, but I like that surprise. My my Montauk grandmother, she used to have. So she had this hotel. The Wavecrest was her hotel, and it was like being invited to Captain Stubing's house. She'd have these Saturday night parties, and she would set this beautiful, very elaborate table with her finest stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my job was I would help her set up. She'd send me to the closet to get this brown paper bag of this these like crappy five cent like gag gifts. And oh. I would, my job would be to tape the gag gifts underneath the chair so that, you know, if she sensed a lull or she sensed that she needed to change the energy mm-hmm. of the table, she would say to this table of adults, reach under your chair. And you just see these adults playing with like wind up monkeys, with like the boners pop out or like <laughs> paddle balls or like these little games. And it just like took the levity and it just, you know, and it was, you know, popular term in the 60s was the icebreaker. Icebreaker, It was yeah, a good yeah, icebreaker. Yeah. Um, but that was something that always stuck with me about that element of surprise or fun. 
that I think, you know, we share. That. An- another good trick for if the conversation gets a little heated, mm-hmm. I like to put a uh, question or, a, you know, those that sh- game table topics? Yes. Where they have, you have a question. Yep. Um, put it under the charger or the plate. So if there's a lull, you can say, um, if you were on a desert island, uh, what would you bring? Yep. And everyone has to go around the Perfect. table and uh, share their experiences. And there are some table talk oh, topics that. that are more dirty. Sure. There are some more family oriented. Yep. I mean, they, they have a, a ton of different lines. So I it's, love that. It's a really fun game. That's a great way to, to engage with the kids too. Oh yeah. You Getting know. them to talk. Yes. And sometimes it's Especially with your school all these day. things. Fine. Fine. Who'd you talk to? No one. <laughs> What'd you have for lunch? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Completely. Um, um, I know you do a lot of celebrity parties. Yes. What are the go-to dishes that people always want? Um, well, it, not because I'm plugging my book, but um, the name of my book is called Tiny Hot Dogs because no matter how fancy or how elaborate people are, they love those Pigs little hot blanket. dogs. Pigs yeah. in a blanket. Last night I went to a d- dinner. Yeah. There was caviar and hoisin duck tacos and then the pigs in the blanket came in. And it's like everyone yeah, runs yeah, to them. Of course. It's so great. And I learned this early in my career. So I did, was doing a party across the street at Christie's Auction House for Elizabeth Taylor was oh. selling her jewels collection for um, Elton John, the age charity, which was mm-hmm. incredible. They made, they raised like a bazillion dollars. It was incredible. It's unbelievable. And they is. had all her jewels up and it was a party with InStyle and Colin Cowie was the planner. You know, Colin. Oh, yes. Very, very. Oh, everything's yeah. fabulous. Yes, yes. He was the planner on it. I was just the caterer. And, you know, he, we walk into this boardroom planning and, you know, he walks in lintlessly perfect, you know, dressed in black. And they were going to get um, elephants. And it was just a wild over the top party. And I thought I had to be super fancy with the food. I remember looking things up that I thought would be fancy. I get into the room and I start to jumble through this menu that was so fancy and so, and so not me. And Elizabeth Taylor's handler was like, stop. She likes chili, hot dogs, hamburgers. And I was like, I love her. And that was a big thing for me. I was like, be true to that because that's the stuff I like and that's what I love to serve. So mm-hmm. all the food I do is comforty and approachable and fun and down to earth and um, nothing too elaborate. And because again, I did not go to culinary school. I am not a trained chef. Mm-hmm. I am someone who learned how to cook for my two Italian grandmothers and um, everything I do is pretty simple. Um, for my catering company, I have a highly trained chef <laughs> who knows how to do all the fancy stuff. But most of the stuff people come to us for is easy and fun and That's what people want for yeah. a party. Yeah. They want a, they want a chili bar with yeah. all the fixings. With all the fixings and mac and cheese and that's yes. and that's one thing I've learned with celebrities. Like they're just like us. Like that was a big very early thing in my life. You know, you could be on a yacht party which I've done and you know, the yacht's beautiful and the food could also be lovely and fancy, but most parts were all the same and we like all the same stuff. Right. You're, you also have a, you have a, you have a kid, you have a daughter, right? I do. She's delicious. Do you cook a lot with her? Um, yes. No, I do. I mean, on the weekends I do. I have to say I'm pretty busy during the week. So Mm -hmm. she gets the, you know, chicken nuggets and broccoli and all the easy stuff during the week in the city. But on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, because that, 
was a big thing in my house growing up. We cooked mm-hmm. all day for Sunday dinner. Yeah, right. The gravy. So yeah, the gravy, making the sauce. <laughs> um, so we, um, so Saturdays and Sundays, I always bring her in because that's when I cook and that's right. when I put my music on in the kitchen and that's when I get into it. And so she helps me, and I love that. How she is she? Is that, she tend to be a little bit of a picky eater? She's beyond she? picky. She literally eats like three things right now. Really? Yeah. It's and I, and she wasn't, and now I think she's going through this toddler phase. I think school changes kids. It does because she'll come home and she'll be like. Mommy, don't send me broccoli anymore in my lunchbox. And I'm like, why? It's good for you. She goes, it smells. And they make fun of me. And I'm like, oh, isn't that awful? I'm like, like, I know. My kids eat everything. So Proponent of just feeding them whatever yes. we're eating and not having a second meal. Yeah. And I feel like they've been confident enough. I remember being in the Hamptons for a, a, a friend's party and we were at dinner and my son orders escargot (laughs) and there are 14 year old kids going oh my god that's so disgusting and he He looks at this 14 year old and says hey don't knock it till you try it he was six years old so cute but i mean i think it's really really upsetting that these schools i think they're letting that happen yeah i I agree just feeding you know into this picky eating picky. thing. I agree. I think we need to be strong parents and say, hey, you yeah. need to have the confidence to stand up or or eat what you want to eat. Eat what you want, and yeah. Eat what you like. Exactly. Because, again, it's an expression of who you are. It's part of, like, your thing. Do they cook with you? Do you cook with them, with oh, the kids? Yeah, 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 all yeah, the we, time. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Well, I mean, when we can. You yeah. Know, it's busy New Yorkers of and course, stuff like that. Of but course. Yeah, they love cooking. My, yeah. my daughter can wake up and make pancakes all by herself from scratch. Not a box. Like I love that. Baking soda and vanilla and, and they're good. It's really great. She does it better than I do now. My mother told me something about being a mother. She said, every single day you lose a job. Like how you start with having all the jobs and being the most important person um, as a parent. And then every single day as they get older, you lose a job. You know, I, I started thinking about what you said in the beginning about how your book how you felt like no one was going to read it or being affected by it. Yeah. I had, I went through that too. And then my husband said, broke it down for me. Like you are creating moments for people. Yeah. And I mean, that's so, it's so true. I think I never thought of it that way. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm a chef and I'm going to put out a party book and I can, you know, whatever. It's like something to do. I'm not acting anymore. So my kids are at school. I'll do this. And, And I forget that this could have a long lasting impression on people. Yes. Like this could, you know, I could teach people how to make this or teach people that all the elements of having a party and whipping this together could change people's lives. Absolutely. In, in, in a smaller way. I'm no, not- and I always say that about what I do. You know, I'm a caterer. I'm not, you know, I'm on call 24 hours. Like I'm, an, I'm a heart surgeon. And it's always about like the napkins didn't get here. Okay. So you said creating moments, which really- Hits me because that's, I think, why we do what we do. Can you talk about the process of the book, writing the book? And I think you created a moment there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I was very adamant about breaking it down by season because I'm a seasonal cooker mm-hmm. and I, I love going to farmer's markets and using produce that's on hand and, and um, that's fresh. But I wanted to, in my book, I have it's broken down by four parties per season. So I have 16 parties altogether. And instead of just shooting food beauties of these beautiful dishes, um, I also wanted to actually show people what it's like to throw a party. So we shot two parties per season. So I threw a party for 
each photo shoot. So we would do we would do one oh, in the morning and one in the afternoon. It was beyond. It's so and much I work. And I would invite 30 people or if it was a sit-down yep. dinner, 12 people, 15 people, um, for a full-on party. And we'd shoot the party. That's perfect. So, it, so you we, had fun while doing it. Totally. Oh, that's great. Totally. And I was, I was very, I was very happy that I have, you know, a mix of people, big, small, yep. dark, yep. short, yep. light, whatever. Yep. And it's, it's a good array of all types of people. Um, but it, it was great to see people actually have a good time. And you can yeah. see that in the book. Yeah. People, you know, breaking a pinata oh. or a Mexican fiesta or actually potting plants for spring dig-in brunch. Oh, so and people fun. really coming together and having a really good time. I love that. And you can see that. It shows in the pages. And I think we don't give each other enough credit mm-hmm. because we really need, in this time and age, we really need to escape. We really yes. need to let our hair down and, and enjoy mm-hmm. time with our family or friends and 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 have a laugh and and enjoy good food. Because, I mean, we all have that common bond. We all eat. Oh, so yeah. why not enjoy it? Enjoy it and, and, and do I, it the and best we can. Exactly. <laughs> with the people most fun. we love yeah. and celebrate the times that really matter. And that's, yeah. that's why I feel like my life is so much fun. I wanted to share it with people because, you know, life is a party. Like taking the the day, don't take the day for granted because every day can be a party. Absolutely. It is this moment. I'm obsessed with this creative escapism where it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. you know, we create these moments to escape, you know, everything happening, but also um, it's transformative and it's special and it's unique. And so I'm going to leave here with a renewed um, cause sometimes I do fall into that, like just party, but it's so right. much more no, than that. Yeah. It's so much more than that. And it's also a daily decision. I like that. Like every day we have a decision to make, like, is today going to be happy? Is today going to be like, is like party? <laughs> like right. Party. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, just, I thought, think about the party I went to last, last night. And I mean, as much as it was a reason to get together and have fun mm-hmm. and people have drinks and the food was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do I get to see that I've made another contact with? Right. Or, you know, the people that were, it was an anniversary party for a couple that's been married for three years. And it, it was how special for them yeah. to celebrate their love and for everyone to get together and, 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 and see how special they are. And it was, it was just, it. it was really, it's really nice to do that. I would like to be invited to your next book when you're shooting at parties, <laughs> please. Got it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be doing it anytime be, soon. I I, this one but it is, it, it's a tremendous amount of work. And then you have this whole thing and you're like, there, it's done. And then you're still like editing mm-hmm. and you're still, I mean, I'm waking up in the middle of the night just with like these things like, oh, wait. Did I put that in the book? Should I not put that in the book? Um, you know, to me is the, was the hardest thing, acknowledgements, because I, there's so many people to thank, and then you get worried, you forget someone or you, so I, that to me was like, of everything, that to me was the hardest. Not that I, because I had so many people to thank, but then I was like, wait, did, did I leave someone out? <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm going to leave someone <laughs> no, out. No, I know, and you feel terrible, but what is your favorite thing to cook? My, I think- my favorite thing to cook, I, I love barbecuing, yeah. especially when the, when the weather is oh, permitting. Yeah. You know, I, I really love to barbecue. I love being outside. I, I love um, cooking big 
big things of meat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. But I also love things that bring people together. Like I love, you know, I love making pasta, homemade pasta. Yeah. That's a really fun activity. That is really fun. And it's, it's fun for the kids because they can get their hands messy and and it's, it's actually a good workout. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of work too, making homemade pasta. And it's so satisfying with an egg and flour what you could create. It's amazing. I know. It's amazing. This wet thing Thing and and this dry thing, it comes together and and make ravioli. It's so delicious. (laughs) It's It's so so cheap. I know. It's really great. We used to, um, on Saturdays, cook for Sunday dinner um, and we'd make the meatballs on Saturday and we'd make um, the sauce on Saturday and we would make all the vegetables. We'd rinse the vegetables and then stuff the artichokes and the things. And that, the conversations with my grandparents and my parents and whoever was around at the time, those are the things I remember the most Mm -hmm. um, from my childhood. And um, that's kind of what I want to instill in my daughter and this, the ritual. Do you still do that? Like, I mean, do you have a lot of family around? I do. I do. And so um, (laughs) I get the guild call every Sunday. My mom's like, my mom's still, my mom's 75 and she still makes the sauce every. Wow. (laughs) She also did something really cute on Saturdays when we help with the meatballs and stuff. My dad worked on Saturdays, and so she would always have this little bowl right next to the pot of sauce. Mm-hmm. So she'd fry the meatballs. Her, her, you know, there's so many different ways to do meatballs. Yeah. Um, but hers was to fry the meatballs and then put them in the sauce. Pan fry, like, okay. you know, a little okay. oil. Right, 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 right. And we'd do them with um, three uh, pork, veal, beef, Parmesan cheese, breadcrumbs, parsley, um, a little egg, and a little milk. And she would do this whole thing, salt and pepper. Oh, and onions. And then she'd fry them. So we'd make them. Then she'd mm-hmm. fry them. Then she'd put them in the sauce. But there was always a little bowl, and she'd put two fried meatballs before they went into the sauce into this bowl. And those were for daddy. And she used to say to my sister and I, always save two meatballs outside the sauce. We're from Long Island. It comes out. Um, for people you love. And so that is something that I actually still do. Oh, either, so either whether great. it's my daughter or Ryan or whoever like is coming over. Like, um, but, you know, always save a little something. Um, from two that. bowls on two the bowls side. on the what side. Was? That they were two bowls was like she could have three would have been less weird. <laughs> so do you mainly cook Italian for? I'm a really good Italian cook, um, but I'm also really good at like the fun. Like I love me a casserole or a crock pot, uh-huh. or um, and I love veggie veggie sides or dips. Uh-huh. Right now, I'm looking to perfect. It was Houston's. Now it's Hillstone's. The spinach artichoke dip. Oh yeah. So good. Um, there's nothing better, I think, in the world than that. Do you use bread to dip it or chips? Chips. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, tortilla that's what chips. they do. Tortilla course, chips. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary, you must, you must catering a lot for the big Hollywood crowd. Mm-hmm. There right. must be so many asks and, and restrictions for allergies yes. and things like that. How do you deal with that? What, it's a, a lot. big thing now. It really started like back, first it was like weird diets. So mm-hmm. like, I think I spent the late nineties chasing bread all over parties because Atkins was the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, all the people at parties were like removing the bread and like throwing it in a napkin. Um, but then it really became like a real thing. These are real allergies. And so, mm-hmm. so we will always have to ask now, um, whenever I'm doing a menu with someone, do you know for a fact if anyone that's going to be here has a right. specific allergy. Usually people are very vocal about it and they'll mm-hmm. either call ahead and tell the host or the host will know, or, you know, that'll be a specific because I do work with a lot of celebrities. We'll get their writers or we'll get their things and we'll get their, um, I had, do have a funny quick story. So I get this, it will go unnamed, but I get specific instructions about this particular celebrity was allergic to certain types of cheeses, wool, leather, 
And so we were asked to ask every guest who entered the party if their shoes were made out of real or fake leather. <laughs> what? And then at the end of the night, what? the celebrity like how- was like smoking cigarettes, chicken martinis and eating the cheese board with her fork. So I was like, I, sometimes I wonder if it's like the handlers. Yeah. So what crazy. I always like, like to do. She, they have breakout highs? It was, they have leather? It, specific types yeah, of wool. God, like it was this whole thing. I was like, wow. Crazy. Wow. Are crazy. They are crazy. But I always do now try to have some sort of veggies are always safe. So, yeah. you know, we always have, whenever I'm having people over or whatever, even at, at our parties, we always have a vegetarian alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's gotten so much better to do that. Like we, like cauliflower steaks. Yeah. I love that. Um, they eat like a meal. They satisfy your veggies and anyone with specific allergies. And it's not just like getting a boring plate of like, here's a crudite. Right, um, right. So I like, there's we, we are eating more veggie centric, I think as humans. And I think there's a lot more options for those who have their certain things. Do you tend to like, if there's like a salad, uh, if you do a big salad board or something like that, do you have everything separate? The cheese, the nuts? We sort of have to now, like at big parties. So I call them like snack activities, which is like the main things out there. And then everyone could kind of customize. Yeah. uh, I love a good cheese board, meat board. uh, Crudite board. So good. So fun. Well, I think we should host a party. Uh, Definitely. I think we should do it. I would love that. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks, Mary. (laughs) Thank you. This is so fun. Yay. (laughs) 